Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Father, we thank you that our hearts are open and receptive to receive your word on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Last time we were together, we were talking about offense. So I'm going to briefly go back over that. And I don't know about you, each time that we revisit what we have already visited, it helps us to see even more. So this is why we have to stay in the word and allow the word to stay into us so we can see what we have planted, what seeds we have planted. Um, First of all, the definition of offense is words or deeds that entice you to sin. And it's a trap that Satan used to entrap you. Words or deeds that entice you to sin. And it's a trap that Satan uses to entrap you. We um, were talking about prayer, and this is one of the blockers that keeps us from um, going into prayer the way we need to go into prayer um, with God. Anytime you have blockers in your life, you cannot hear what God has to say unto you. We know unforgiveness was a blocker. We talked about that. And then here is offense, which is a blocker. So we talked about offense will come. That's Luke 17, 1. Jesus was saying in Luke 17, 1, the Amplified Classic Edition. And Jesus said to his disciples, he was speaking to his followers, the learners of Christ. All of us that are born again, we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are learners of Jesus Christ. So he said, temptations, snares, traps set to entice to sin are sure to come. But woe to him by or through whom they come. So we see that a offense is really a trap. It is a stumbling block. It is a temptation that the enemy used to entice people to sin, to ensnare them, to trap them. And we went over several things that we do as individuals that get other people to sin, that entrap them, that ensnares them, that causes them to stumble. And sometimes it's because of us. So we have to be careful with the things we do and the places we go and things we watch because whomever you're with and they're trying to get their self right with God, then we can be enticing them. We can be influencing them. We can be tempting them to sin. So he said it would be more profitable for him if a milestone was hung around his neck and he were hurtled into the sea, then that he should cause to sin or be a snare to one of these little ones. So what he's saying, I'm going to tell you what a milestone is. I started going over it last time we were together. A milestone is not something that's around the donkey's neck. The donkey is attached to this um, uh, mouse millstone. And what it is, it's like a big stone. And as the donkey go around that, that he's 
God in the stone, the, the mouse millstone, and it's grinding something. So he's walking around it. And as he walk around it, the wheel is turning and it's grinding. But that millstone is so heavy and so big. Jesus used that because he said if that big um, millstone was put around somebody's neck, it would have them, you know, at the bottom of the sea. But he was making that, um, using that because anyone who enticed somebody to sin is um, worse than that big millstone around somebody's neck. So he's saying, woe be to the one that brings offense, that cause offense. So we went over Matthew seventeen twenty seven, where um, they were um, asking Peter, do his master, do Jesus pay tax? And Jesus said, so we won't offend them. The first fish that come out of the sea, get the money out of the fish mouth. So Jesus did not want to offend them, being that he was a king's kid. Actually, he didn't have to pay tax, but he knew he was in the earth realm and whatever, um, you know, they tell us to do on earth, like paying your taxes or doing whatever. We want to do that. So we won't offend nobody. We won't cause nobody to stumble because we want to do the right thing. And this is what Jesus was saying. So anything that we do, um, That's not um, according to the word. It will lead somebody to stumble. So we have to be careful in our lives. Making sure we don't lead anybody to stumble. I believe in the book of Romans. um, The 14th chapter is talking about food. It's talking about people that eat meat. And people that do not eat meat. So if you have someone that, that don't eat meat. And they believing they shouldn't eat meat. And then you come in there and you enticing them by eating meat. You causing them to stumble. That's a snare. That's a stumbling block. So what we should be doing, if they're not eating meat, we should not get in front of them and make them feel like, you know, I'm better than you because you're not eating it and I am. So that can cause somebody to stumble. Food can really cause a person that's saved to feel like, oh, wow, if um, Sister Deborah's eating meat, I, um, I should be eating meat because she eating meat, even though you feel like you shouldn't. So you can cause somebody to stumble in that way with food. We went over Numbers 11, verse 1 through 6. That talks about how um, the Israelites, when they were um, going to the promised land, they brought some um, people with them that really was not a part of them. Um, these people began to grumble and deplore their hardships, which was evil in the ears of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled. So we know what happened there. The people cried out. We know what God did. But in verse 4, it was a mixed multitude among them. And they began to uh, talk about the food that they used to have. So they stirred up the Israelites. What were they doing? They were making them stumble. They were making them complain. They were making them grumble. So what happened? The Lord, he was very displeased with that. So when we began to grumble and complain about what's going on in our lives, and then we take it to our husband or our wives or a friend or a co-worker, and those people were not grumbling and complaining. By the time we get through with those people, guess what they're going to be doing? Grumbling and complaining right along with us because we're going to have them to believe what we believe. So we have to be very careful 
when we go through some situations or somebody treat us harshly, we want to make sure that we take it to the throne. We don't take it to somebody else because when the people love you so much, they will begin to take your side and not even understanding what the whole situation was. So we want to do all things without grumbling and complaining and criticizing. So that was what was happening in Numbers 11. So let's talk about how do we make somebody to stumble or sin. We talked about grumbling, complaining, and criticizing, taking sides against others. That's not good because when we don't know the situation, we should not take sides because we know that person so well. We should um, make sure that we listen to both sides because a person that's already offensive is not going to see themselves. They're not going to see their faults. They're going to see somebody else's faults. They're going to think it's always somebody else's fault. So when offense come to cause somebody to stumble, the first thing we have to look at is, Lord, look at me. See if I'm the cause of this person stumbling. Did I say something that I should not have said? That means you're humbling yourself. You're not trying to get people to look at the other person. You're saying, God, check me. Um, being worldly and materialistic. That can cause somebody to stumble. Some people may say, how can being worldly and materialistic cause somebody to stumble? I'm going to have some of, one of y'all to answer that for me. How can be, being worldly and materialistic cause somebody to stumble? Did anybody know? Najina. Okay. It can make them feel that way, but also it can make them want what they have. It can make them think, if they got that nice car, if they got all this, then I should have all this. So being worldly, being materialistic, we as Christians should not be trying to make ourselves look like we're all of this and all of that in front of people. We should be giving God glory for what we have, but we shouldn't be idolizing it. So that will fall back on somebody else thinking that if they have it, then I can have it. But it may not have been for us to have it. It might be something that we wanted to do out of God's will. So we're going to have to be careful with that. Craving more and more will make somebody stumble. How? Because when a person look at what we have, then they feel like they should have it too. So they might go spend their light bill. They might go spend their tides or anything that they shouldn't spend to try to have more and more. Being conceited and prideful would cause somebody to stumble. Living loose and immoral lives would cause somebody to stumble. How is that? Let's talk about that one. Church folks, some church folks think that it's okay to do worldly dances. It's okay to go to a party and do what they do and say you're different. No, it's not okay. So if you're setting an example and you're a citizen of heaven and you're representing the kingdom of God, 
You have left darkness. You have been transferred into the kingdom of, of light. The kingdom of light don't do what you used to do. It don't dance the way you used to dance. It does not move the way you used to move. There's a Holy Ghost dance. I learned that way back when, when I wanted to be in the world and I wanted to be part of the kingdom. You cannot be in the midst of what the world is doing and doing what the world is doing and saying it is God. That is not how it works. We supposed to be different. So living loose and immoral lives, cursing and talking filthy. We don't supposed to do that because if you're setting an example and you're cursing, you're talking filthy in front of someone that's a Christian that's born again like you, they're thinking where well, they're doing it. They've been saved longer than me. It's okay for me to do it. So now you're causing them to stumble. You're causing them to sin by your reactions. You got somebody? So we want to make sure that we're not in any of these categories. Okay, go ahead. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what I was going to say about having uh, materialistic things and then influencing people, some people uh, see what you have wearing or jewelry or, you know, houses, cars, whatever, and they'll think, especially if they're a new Christian, they got to go and be just like you, and that could present them a stumbling block because some people just go out and get it any way they can, they can, whether it's legal or not, if they don't know any better, especially if they're a brand new Christian, to try to keep up with where they think they should be uh, financially or a certain look they need to have. They'll just go and get it, not even caring about how they got it, but they just want to fit in. So that will be a stumbling block too. Amen. And I want to say too, with what apostle said about, um, trying to get what somebody else have. I don't know if y'all seen an article or on the news where this, uh, pastor in New York, apostle has, uh, apostle cross has shown it to me where this pastor in New York was preaching and he had on these uh, million dollar jewelry, him and his wife. Did anybody see that article? Y'all see what happened to that man? And he making it look like, you know, somebody was targeting him. But when you on the pulpit blinging out, you bringing the target to yourself. So he made it look as if, you know, they're targeting us. They had the whole congregation. But they came at you. And they came at your wife. It is because you were showboating this million dollar stuff. And then talking about, you know, I got a Bentley and all of this. So if you in church showboating, what is that materialistic? When you doing all of that and people seeing more of your bling than they see in Jesus, you just saying, come and get it, right? So we have to be careful even as leaders you know, teaching people what the word is saying, but our looks are not right. If I was up here blinging out every Sunday, you would see nothing but bling. You wouldn't hear the word. You'd be wondering, well, where, where'd she get that from? Where'd she get that? Then you start talking about me. Then you don't sin. That's what happens. People watch what people have and they can't even hear the teaching because they so worried about what they're driving. When did they get that new dress? When did they get that jewelry? When did they get this? When did they get that? So they're not hearing what the word has to say. They're too worried about what somebody else have. So sometimes we can cause our own self to stumble too. So we want to be careful in those areas. We talked about one thing 
too. I want to put this in here too, what to caused people um, to bring offense. I want to add this. Offended people are, we talked about this before, those who have been treated unjustly will hold offense. If anybody has been treated unjustly, they're going to hold offense. And then it says because of being treated unjustly. So we can hold offense because we feel like we've been treated unjustly. Those who believe they have been treated unjustly, unjustly, they believe with all their hearts they have been treated wrong, but they haven't been treated wrong, will hold offense. Some people will take offense because they believe they've been treated wrong, but they actually haven't been treated wrong. Now, there are some of us that have been treated unjustly, and we hold offense Um, against the people that have treated us unjustly and that's wrong because we know when Jesus was on the cross he didn't even open his mouth because we when we open our mouths and we begin to speak things that are not true then what we end up doing we end up sinning so when you believe that you have been treated unjustly and you haven't been treated unjustly it brings offense this is why I'm going I'm, I'm reviewing this to go to another place tonight now, their conclusions are drawn from inaccurate information or their information is accurate. It could be inaccurate or it can be accurate, but their conclusion is distorted. Anytime you hold an offense for so long, it can be distorted because you come up with your own conclusion. You come up with what you believe was said when it really, that's not what was said. So this is why I always say Miracle Temple. If you believe somebody said something, you don't wait a week later. You don't even wait a day later. You call that person right then while it is fresh. Because somebody or could have said something that they didn't think caused offense. But if you have been an offended person for so long, people don't know how to address you. They don't know how to talk to you because you have been carrying offense for so long. Not with the person that said something. It could have been with somebody else. So when somebody says something to you, you are so easily offended. You think that they said it to hurt you and that was not their intentions because it go way back. Just like a husband and a wife. This is what gets me with married couples. If my husband says something to me. And I don't like what he says and it offends me and it hurts me. If I hold that in, then I'm waiting for him to do something again. That means I'm building a wall. But if I go to my husband, this is why we communicate and I say, honey, what you said to me was not right. I felt like it wasn't right. So if he say, well, what did I say? Well, you say this. He'll say, no, you took it the wrong way. Maybe it's how I said it. Let me say it again. We can squash that thing right then and there. But if I don't say nothing to him and I hold it to heart, the next thing he say, I'm going to bite his head off. Come on, somebody. I'm going to bite it off. If I don't bite it off, I'm going to nibble on it for a while. This is what we do. We hold offense. We hold grudges. And I love Julia's testimony with, with her husband about the cleaning up and dropping this and doing that. And I love how Manny said, what did I tell you? Come to me. Julia, it was Julia's choice to hold all that, was it not? But they worked it out. 
we can, I don't, this is, this is where I'm going tonight. When you hold so much so long, you're going to have a tidal wave. You're going to have a big fire, I say a fire, that you're not going to be able to put out overnight because it's building. It may be just a little spark, but it end up building and it end up being a big blaze. And no matter who come back at you to say, forgive me, I didn't mean to say, oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. You did. Because the enemy has already influenced you and made you to believe something that was not actually true. It was distorted. It was not the right information. So this is why we have to know how to handle things then, not later. So this is where I'm going tonight. This is the part we're going to talk about tonight. How do we make somebody stumble? We did that part. The other part I want to talk about is why do people not go to the ones they have offend, that have offended them? Why do people not go to the ones that may have offended them? Let's start out with marriage. That's a good subject. Now, I'm going to get some volunteers and I'm going to use Najina for this one. Come on up, Najina. Now, the question is, Najina, why would a husband or wife not go to one another if the other was offended? What would be a reason? Can you get the mic? You know, that's probably a real, real good question because the thing is through that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we went through that this weekend. I I love to put things on his side of the bed when he's not home. He's not home a lot. So he comes home and my stuff is on his side. So I was over there on the dress doing something. I turned around, he done threw everything on my side. <laughs> I say, why oh, you put that stuff on my side? What did I say that for? Every time I come home, he saw what's in He just went berserk. And I started laughing a little bit. Because I've never seen it like that. And then what I said shouldn't have caused that. Well, guess what? I didn't talk. He didn't talk. That thing would happen Friday night. We didn't talk all day Saturday. We brought it right on to church Sunday. Drove all the way here. No talking. <laughs> it's terrible. It, it, it's terrible. Because he don't want to solve anything. And it hurts me so much. But just like Apostle said, it'll come back and bite. Because I'm going to tell you something about what happened this weekend. I'm just waiting for the right time. And that's what I do. I I pick and choose when I'm going to say something. But when I do, he'd be like, well, if I offended you, if... Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You need to say, I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize because it's not if you did it. You did it. I'll I be just like that, too. You did it. And it, it's just so hard. There's no communication. Communication problem. That's exactly what it now, is. Now, look how God turned the tables tonight because I said, God, what, where do I need to go tonight? Let me read it again. 
Why do people not go to the ones they have offended, that have offended them? Now, Najina used a good illustration. We're going to help Najina out tonight. We want to solve issues, right? We want to get to the root of the issue. Najina says if her husband is traveling, she puts stuff on his side of the bed because he's not there. Right, Najina? So when she turned her back, he was throwing stuff over there on her side. Let's stop right there. There was a problem way before you put that stuff on that bed that was not solved. Think about it. Who would get mad for putting something on that side of the bed? So either there's something going on with him outside of you, and that irked him to the point of don't put it on my side no more. Like you said, lack of communication. How could Najina have handled that? Anyone? Before I answer. We're helpers of one another. Understand this. We're not in here with blame games. We're in here with the word, and that's how we're supposed to handle it. Amen? First of all, she should have Side of bed, clean up before he got home. Second of all, a soft answer turns away wrath. What's the what? Soft answer turns away wrath. Okay, but you didn't give an answer, did you? I That's what happened. You... So by you laughing, it irked him more. But my husband opened up a can of worms. He said you shouldn't have had it on the bed before it came but you didn't think it was a problem with putting it on the bed did you okay so my husband's like this my husband probably was thinking well maybe she shouldn't have had it on the bed but if she she didn't know it was a problem with putting it on the bed do y'all see how little things can come in and create big things but it didn't start with a little thing Gina. like you said Anyone else, you were going to say something, Kathy, how Najina should have handled that. Okay. Why would he respond the way he responded towards you? Anyone else? Kwana? There you go. Right answer. That's the right answer. Because you're humbling yourself. You're not putting yourself where he is. That's the right answer. I am so sorry. Even though deep down inside, you know you didn't do nothing wrong. But you're gonna, you, you are getting taught. He's not. So just like she said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll move it. I'll know better next time. I understand, but see, at this point, that's the first thing to do. Once he in that place, then you can get an understanding. If you jump at somebody too quick, it's going to add fuel to the fire. Because if you come to him and say, what's wrong with me putting it over there? I need to understand. That might not have been a good answer. Sometimes apologizing first from what you've done, it calms that person. Then you can go back in and say, oh, by the way, so I'll know next time 
you don't want me to put anything over there? And if he said no, what could you help me to understand? Why? There's a way we do things. And if we do it in a humbling way, like my husband say, a soft answer turns away wrath. Grievous words stir up anger. Because let me tell you about this man right here sometime. And me. If, if we're talking or something and he'll give me a little smirk like you did your husband, you might as well have slapped me, man. Have a man ever give you a little snicker like they're making you feel like you're stupid or something? Come on, somebody. You have to really just sit there and say, wait a minute. Did he, did he really do it? Could you tell me why you're laughing at me? And then he laugh again. Don't do that. Let's talk about this man. You're going to talk to me. So it's a communication thing so we won't get offended, y'all. So you, just like Kwana said, you, sometimes you got to humble yourself. And you got to say, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Then go talk to Jesus about it before you blow up. Humble is the way. Because we don't want to be like that person. And they gene another thing. Remember I told you when me and my husband had a little disagreement and I went in the room and I said, Lord, he didn't say he was sorry. But the Lord told me not to worry about if he said it or not. I need to be the one to apologize even if I knew that I wasn't wrong. That way he'll see the God in me. And then remember when I was going to go out and use the word but if you had not, he said don't keep your butt out of it. See, that's showing humility, y'all. That's killing the flesh. Another thing about um, unforgiveness, I'm going back there. You do not ask somebody to forgive you and they don't know what they've done. If I go to Athea and say, Athea, can you forgive me? And she's like, for what? If she say, yeah, I forgive you and go on, she don't know what I did or what I said. So when I go to a person, I'm saying, Athea, forgive me. The word I use, the word I approach you with was not the appropriate word. And then I have to refresh her memory because she didn't see, hear what I said. So I want to close that door to what I said to her. So I have to let her know this is what I need for you to forgive me for. Why forgive somebody and you don't know what they've done? That's just like a man having an affair and say, honey, can you forgive me? Well, honey, what you do? I just need for you to forgive me. Well, honey, what did you, what did, um, you do that you want forgiven? I just want to make sure you, you forgave me. I don't know what you've done, man. See, sometimes people do things thinking they're doing the right thing, but they're doing it half-heartedly. You have to lay all the cards on the table. Forgive me. For dragging your name in the mud. Forgive me for backbiting. Talking about you behind your back. Because yes I did it. So that's what. And then some people say. You know I'm so sorry. Well what are you sorry for? Well you know what I did. But what did you do? Tell me what you done. Then they say well you know. I, I should not have called you out of your name. Will you forgive me? No. Well why did you tell? Ask them. To tell you what you're sorry for if you ain't going to forgive them. Why are you going? See, you still offended. You still hurt. So we're talking. And then what we do, y'all, when we know we ain't done right, now we're going in the prayer closet. Father, 
forgive them for they know not what they've done. What about you? See, these things need to stop in the church. This is why we're getting taught the right way. One thing I like about Najina, she opened up, she talked, she's ready to get it right. She's, she's learning how to get it right. You don't walk away from things. We have to be the humbling one to say, I was wrong. And deep down in your heart, you're saying, what in the world was I wrong for? But Lord, I'm going to take this fall and you deal with me. Forgive me for talking out of turn. Forgive me for putting this in this place and it should not have been there. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for acting the way I did. This is something that happened with me and my husband this week. And I wasn't thinking about it. I had um, the video that y'all saw of um, the hardcore. I had somebody to do that video. And so when I had them to do the video, I was trying to get everything together so quick. And I knew the person that I didn't think about, give me an invoice first. Because I always tell my husband, get the invoice first to see how much it is before you tell somebody to do something. I was just out there this week, y'all. My, I was everywhere. So when I got the invoice, I told my husband, I said, wow. My husband said, well, did you ask them to... Um, the same thing I would tell him, I didn't say nothing because I knew right then that was wrong. I told my husband, matter of fact, right in front of my daughter, I said, honey, I want to apologize to you because what I told you not to do, I did, and it was wrong. So I'm sorry. And I did that from my heart. Why is it that when we're wrong, it takes us a while to say we're wrong but when somebody else is wrong it don't take you nothing but a split second you're wrong you know you was wrong don't do it again we never see ourselves but we see everybody else so that's one now another one is we talked about marriage let's let's go back there no communication in marriage will cause separation and you're in the same house Najina, look baby you can be in the same house and be separated you don't have to leave that address you can be in the same house with no communication and you separate it because you're not talking to one another you're just in the same house sharing the same um, bed but you're not communicating and offense can be one of the reasons why you're not communicating because you done been hurt so much by their looks by what they have said by a lot of things that you don't even want to talk to them you have built up so much hurt you have built up so much animosity and so when you think you're getting along good and all of a sudden they say something that you don't like you bite the head off because no communication. I'm not going to say nothing else. What's the point? They don't hear me. They always think they're right. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But eventually it comes out. Because you just at the point of saying it don't matter no more. Do you, I'll do me. That's not how it's supposed to be. We don't do things half-heartedly. We do it with our whole heart. So in marriage, we have to have communication because if we don't, we can be easily offended. And some people walk on eggshells in marriages 
because they know that that husband is easily offended. The children can't go to the husband, the, you know, or to the wife. Everybody have their um, way of speaking. They have their way of moving because they don't want that person to be offended. So they want to make sure you know how to talk to that person. They want to make sure that you don't say nothing out the way that will hurt that person because that person has been hurt so long. You want to make sure when you're around them, this is how you're supposed to act. That person need to deal with what's going on in their lives. Another thing is, I had down here the number one thing that keeps people from not going to other people Dealing with offense, being offended is pride. It's pride. Why, why is it pride? Because we don't want to let people know we've been offended. We want people to think that it's okay. That's a prideful person. No, I'm okay. You didn't offend me. Nothing you said offended me. I'm good. That's pride. Because deep down inside, you're saying, I'm going to knock your head off. You always running off at the mouth. You think you know more than anybody. I'm okay. A prideful person will not admit that they were offended. Because they think that that would take them out of their high place and bring them low. A prideful person exalts themselves above everybody else. No, you didn't offend me. You didn't offend me, but you need to watch what you say. Because I may not be like the next person. You were offended. Just tell the truth. Yes, you did offend me. Yes, it did hurt. But you know what? I know how to get over offense because I was taught how to deal with it. Pride. Another one is looking at the title or position of that person that that person hold. This is why some people won't come to people because they're looking at the title that they hold. So they feel like I cannot go to that person and let that person know you offended me. Because they're looking at the status of that person. Another one is a person is not approachable. I cannot approach that person. You look at them and they look like a, like they want to uh, bite you. They look like a broken scripter. They look like a python. They look like they want to squeeze you to death. So they are not approachable and I'm just not going to mess with them. I'm sorry. Next one is I would just pray about it. I would just pray about it. I'm not going to go to them. I'll just pray about it. So let's talk about the ones that I have just went over. Pride for a little bit. Why do people not go to the ones that have offended them? I said pride. Do anyone want to add to that one? Pride. Let's talk about pride. Why would a prideful person say they were not offended? Anyone? Anything different from what I said? Nobody? You don't want to argue with them. Okay. Looking at the title or position that person holds, no matter what position anyone holds, if you think in any way they have offended you, you're supposed to go to them. Because the word tells us in Matthew 18, does it not? We don't want to hold nothing. And the longer you hold it, 
the more the enemy used that to put more stuff into it that is not exactly what happened or what was said. So this is why you do not hold anything. You want to make sure that you share with that person, you offended me. And this is why you offended me. And I want to come to you so we can come together and we can squash this and we can get rid of it. Is there anything somebody want to say on that part? Okay, come on. Okay, go ahead. Because they know everything, they got to have the last word. So you choose not to say nothing because you know that it's going to go on and on and on. So you just hum yourself and go on about your business. Okay, put put that mic at the end of your phone. Is that where your mic is? Okay. So you're saying that, say that again. Say again. Say that again. Say because they know everything and they just want to keep going on and on. So you just walk away to have peace. Okay. Okay. So you're saying that um, you don't say nothing else because they'll keep going on and on and you'll have peace. Yes. Right? Because that's pride. You're yes. talking about the pride. Right. right. They're so prideful that they won't humble themselves. So how do you handle a prideful person? Somebody want to answer that? How do you handle a prideful person if they have offended you and you go to them? How do you handle them when you go to them? Anybody? Nobody have an answer. have not told me you're sorry and it it, it do be him um I just like I said I just go to him and stay how can you walk around me all this time and you don't feel like you owe me an apology we're gonna go back to Kwana again this is this is how you get to people honey that that is so prideful that don't want to humble themselves. You go to them and say, you know what? Forgive me if I have said or done anything to put you in a position of being offended. That was not my intention. I am so sorry. So can we talk about this? You humble yourself. It's all in being humble, y'all. Because when you humble yourself, you're not putting yourself where that person is. If you have a person that's so prideful, you got to show the love of God in spite of them being who they are or who they think they are. I need to take lessons. I need, I need to get in a class, a humble class. But guess what? You have, <laughs> Najina, you have the Holy Spirit. And the, and the more you get into the word of God and know what the word of God says about being in a humble position, what it is, our feelings are getting in the way, y'all. 
We let our feelings and emotion get in the way so much. We're not hearing the spirit when the spirit is speaking. Y'all, I'm one to tell you right now. Lord Jesus, y'all just don't know the half of it with being a pastor. With dealing with so many people in the church and outside the church. When you know you haven't done wrong. When you know you didn't say this or say that. I have humbled myself so low. To reach that person, to let that person know that was not my intention. If I have caused you any harm, if I have said anything that I shouldn't have said. Athea even had pulled tapes for me. Is that right, Athea? I said, let me pull the tape. Maybe I said it and didn't realize I said it. I don't believe it, but let me pull the tape. That's just who I am. That's how we all supposed to be. We supposed to be such in a humbling state that that person comes low. That's how you reach people. You don't go where they go. Because people that are prideful, they're going to look at you like, it's your fault. Well, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry if I offended you. Please forgive. You done your part. You went to them. What else can you do? Nothing. Just say, I'm sorry if I offended you. So, let's talk about pride. The caller called in about pride, how that person is so prideful that you cannot go to that person. But guess what? With the help of the Holy Spirit, like I said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of a scripture and show you how to go in and show you how to come out. How do you think Jesus dealt with those Pharisees and those Sadducees? How did Jesus do it? We represent the kingdom of God. We supposed to show love in the midst of ridicule. It's all about love. It ain't about our feelings. Because feelings, they're going to act up all the time. Okay, let's say the person is not approachable. How do we handle that? If the person is not approachable. How will we handle it, y'all? Anybody? I'm going to the scripture. Anybody? (laughs) You say what, Najina? (laughs) <laughs> you know what that's a good one that's a good one you you send them a text she said this day and time you send them a text okay that's a good one but listen at what you say tisha bring a brother or sister that's right if you go to that person but if they're not approachable in the beginning this is what we do brethren if a man be overtaken in the fault ye which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of what meekness you go to them in a in meekness you go to them in love you don't go to them and try to play a blame game you don't you go in meekness and the holy spirit will help you for if a person is unapproachable let me ask y'all this we can't go to each other in church but if you had to go to your boss because of your paycheck and they're unapproachable you still go to them Hello, somebody. How would you go to your boss about your paycheck? Would you go, would you go in uh, anger? Somebody, hello, Manny. Can you get Manny the mic, honey? I had a manager, she was full of pride and 
really controlling and unapproachable. Like you come in in the morning and Dolly, she was like not a morning person. So you come in the morning and I would say like, good morning. She wouldn't speak. But then when I come back, I'm doing my job. It's a little later and she, hey, hey, and talking. So what I did was I learned how to discern when to approach her. Like if it was something I need to talk to her about, I wouldn't go to her in the morning. I'd go to her in the evening, you know, right. so when she was in a better mood. So I just discerned her mood. And, uh, you know, I've watched other people, and they would go to her first thing in the morning, and she would just, like, blast them out. But I just went to her at the right time. She had mood swings, huh? Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> real. But look, look how the Holy Spirit told him to handle that. So check this, y'all. He said he went to her at the right time. Okay, don't you know there's always an opportunity for you to go to a brother and sister instead of waiting 20 years later? Because if you're watching that person, you should know that ain't that person. It's the spirit using that person. So you want to say, Holy Spirit, show me how to go in. Show me how to come out. And we want to make sure it's in love and it's in meekness. But if a person has been so hurt, y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Even though you're doing what the word tells you to do, you've done your part. It's up to them. It's not on you no more. It's on them because you've done the will of God. But if you have not done what God is required of you to do, why do you think there should be change? If you're not going to your brother, you're not going to your sister, if they have offended you, you're not going to them and say, I don't know if you are aware of it or not, but you had said something that offended me and I wanted to come to you and talk to you about it. Is that okay? And if they come off on you, just say, well, I'm, I'm just coming. I'm just doing, you know, what the word of God tells me to do. And you've done your part. And if you're still having a problem with that person, you're going to take somebody else, right? Manny? I think, too, um, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit because he's the one that brings conviction. A lot of times we try to bring that conviction ourselves. Amen. Um, and let him do his job. You know, it's not our job to convict people. Like, you just give them the truth. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring conviction, whether it be later they get there. I can speak for my own self. My wife has told me stuff, and she come at me, and it's like, even if I don't receive it at the moment, if this person, especially if they know God, they're going to go and ponder on what's said. That's and right. then I'll ponder on what she said, like, man, she was right. You know what I mean? That's so right. it's his job to do that. Mm-hmm. And... That same person I was talking about, she um, at work one day, I mean, she just lashed out at me for no reason. And, I mean, it's like I didn't even respond. I just looked at her. And, I mean, she just humbled herself, like, because the Holy Spirit brought conviction. I didn't say nothing back to her or anything. But it's like she realized by me not saying anything, like, man, I was dead wrong with what there I just said to him, you know? There you go. Some things don't require an answer, just like Manny said. You know, sometimes because somebody lash out at us, we feel like some people in pride feel like, oh, you ain't going to talk to me like that. You better come again. But by Manny humbling himself, and he was respecting authority. Wasn't she an authority, Manny? You respect those that are over you. Even if you don't like what they say or do. He was following the word of God. Look how she humbled herself because he remained humble. Why is it that we got to give word for word because we're out of place? 
Kwana. I know I've dealt with a person who is unapproachable, and a lot of times when people are unapproachable, they are like a roaring lion. They don't want you to, they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to hear they wrong because they know they done wrong. And so you still have to go to them in love and wash your hands of it, you know. And like Manny said, the uh, Holy Spirit will convict them, but you have to go to them. Amen. You, you heard what Kwana say, church, right? You have to go to them. Now somebody, let's talk about, we're going to wrap this up. Kwana say you have to go to them. Why is the church not going to nobody and you offended? Can somebody answer that? Nobody want to answer. What is it? Like, we don't, oh, I'm sorry, lack of relationships with each other. Like, I mean, say like, Quanta, for example, I, I know her, so she'll tell me when I'm wrong and I'll be like, well, sis, what's wrong with you? You know, like we talk, we communicate. We got a relationship with each other. I mean. I know what you're saying, but guess what? We all one in Christ. Yeah, I know that, but we have to build relationships with each other too. I understand that, but I'm coming back at that one. You know why I'm coming back at that one, Julia? I may not know you, like I know you because I don't hang with you. But I should know you by the spirit and not by the flesh. The more I get into the word of God, even if I don't be around you, my demeanor should not change for who I am in the spirit. And I still should go to you regardless if I never talk to you because I'm doing what the word says. But I understand what you're saying naturally. Don't get me wrong. You and Quanta know each other so it's easier to say, hey, sis, this is going on. Or, hey, sis, that's going on. But the more I mature in him, being that I'm a spirit, being and knowing that we're one, we're one, I'm going to do what the word of God tells me to do, even if I never talk to you. I'm going to do what God tells me to do regardless. That's where I'm getting to. Ju, you brought it out. Thank you. But I got something else to say, too. Um, y'all gave me the bank. <laughs> but back to Najina with her and her husband this weekend. I mean, your husband, like Apostle said, it's true. It's probably was something underlined that he was upset about. Because I was sitting in the house Saturday, and I was just like, I'm so sick of sitting in this house. Like, man, he don't do nothing. And all he do is sleep, work, da 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 da, da. You know, just going off of my mind like, you know, I just want to do something like him to instigate. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. So anyway, he came home Saturday from work and took his bath. And of course, what he do is lay down and go to sleep. <laughs> and I was so heated. And so then he woke up and I was watching this um, movie about Gucci. And he was like, why are you watching this stupid thing? And boy, why he asked me that? <laughs> I went off on him. Like, I, I literally went off on him. And so then I, he went, got up and went in the back room, in the back. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, I was wrong. I shouldn't have went off on him like that or whatever. And so I went in, went, I think you got in the tub, didn't you? I went in the bathroom and I was like, 
I'm sorry for what I said. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. I forgive you. But later on, Gina, he came back there and was like, you want to go get some ice cream? <laughs> but Julia, but, you, you told her the answer. Your thinking pattern, it built up. Because you watched every time he would come home, go to sleep, didn't want to do nothing. And that built up in you and it made you angry. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's what she's telling you, Najina. It's something behind what's going on with that situation. And it don't always have to be. The enemy, he want to come in to kill, steal, and destroy. But God does what? Brings life. An abundant life. The Zoe life. Amen. Manning, you got something to say? Yeah, I just want to ask on that to help her to... Um, uh, uh, what I've noticed, like, us men just, um, we, we're more direct, you know. Like, I tell my wife that all the time, like, because, like, she'll want to go somewhere to eat, and I'll be like, where you want to go? Um, we don't matter. Um, and then it's like, I'm like, well, wherever you want to go, we can go. And, like, today she say, well, we can go to Chris's or we can go to the Mexican place. And so then I said, well, let's go to the Mexican place. Well, I want to go to Chris's. And I was like, well, I said, I told you, just tell me where you want to go. You know, but she'll, it's just hard to down. be direct. You know, we, we just like directness. Like, like just like you said, this, um, That's if, true. if something is bothering you or whatever, just go to him and tell him. Because, like, we like, like, those little hints and stuff don't work. You know, you have to just be direct with it. I like just somebody to be direct with me and tell me. Instead of me trying to guess. You right, know? trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But Manny, you are so right with going places. And my husband, wherever we want to go, he'll go. But then I decide, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to go there. He say, okay, I'll go. Nope, don't want to go there. So he don't know <laughs> which way to go. But it's communicate. Yes, honey? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Here in the area, it works my nerves. I could be riding on College Road five miles an hour, trying to wait to see what they're going to do. All right, run down the highway, tell me something. All the time. Najina, go ahead, Julia. Sometimes you can't tell them nothing like, what about who's at Krispy Kreme? And Kwana said, she was direct. She said, tell those people we want hot donuts. <laughs> he was like, all the donuts is hot. She was like, no, sometimes they don't give you hot donuts. Um, tell them hot. I mean, she told him how many right. times? She told him like five times to tell those people she wanted hot donuts. What the man to go when he go through the drive-thru? I just want a dozen of goodies. Like, she was like, you're not going to say hot. <laughs> he just kept like, sure. You know why, Julia? But, but, but it don't make no difference. Don't make, uh-uh. I got to agree with you women. You got to tell people specifically what you want because they'll have some donuts sitting to the side that don't be hot. Got, they give you some old donuts. You got to be careful too because, for example, we can go uh -oh. to the drive-thru, right? Uh-oh. My wife said, give me extra mayonnaise. I quit that. Did she I get quit it? That. Huh, that's too much. Man, what's extra then? They don't know extra. Okay. He didn't open the can of worms. I quit saying 
put my mayonnaise on with a shovel. Okay? I just go and say, give me a fish sandwich. What do it have on it, honey? Extra tartar sauce. See? But we're like that women because we know how sometimes... Um, I got your name. I'm calling you Lou, right? Not Lou. Lily. You know how them drive-thrus work, right? And you know when women come through and a man come through, don't you? A man will come through and accept anything. He bring his wife with him. Hold up. Honey, I'll eat that. Honey, I'll eat it. Don't say nothing. You will not eat that. That's our money paying for that. And you're saying it in a loving way. I don't care to have that. Could you replace that for me? A man sometimes accepts anything. A woman does not. Always get mad at me, but like, I'm, I don't want no dry sandwich. Like, you know, and then if I check it and make sure, like, he literally will just eat anything, but I want my food right. And then he say, well, you already told the people at the drive-thru. Now you want to tell them again at the window. But sometimes don't they still not do it even when I do that? Uh-oh. We're going to end this, but <laughs> she said, could I have extra mayonnaise, extra, extra mayonnaise? And then then we get to the window. She said, um, ask them, did they put the mayonnaise? I say, well, what's the point? You just told them back there. Well, now we got to ask them again. You know, like you told him one time. And then walk on the way home from church, why we get a dry fish Miss Lily, that's what we got. Tell them. Give Miss Lily the mic, and we're going to wrap this up, y'all. Can I say something right quick? Yes, honey. I'm going to give to that. I took the grandkids. Me and Eric eat breakfast at this restaurant Saturday morning. Yep. Can't say where it was at. We got pancakes, grits, and all that. Oh, yes. And they burned the syrup out in the takeout containers. So I cut the grandkids pancakes up and I cut mine up. I was like, eating that tastes kind of funny, but I kept on eating right. About time, Jada said, something wrong with this syrup here. <laughs> and y'all, wouldn't none of them eat there? I can't eat mine. I was like, Daddy say, I think that syrup is sour. I said, is it? I didn't notice it. They wouldn't eat the pancake. I ate half of mine up and after a while I got home, I said, man, maybe I should have told him that. You know, you got our money back. That's because your wife wasn't with you. <laughs> See, we need each other. Miss Lily, wrap it up for us about these drive-throughs. Yes, we talking um, about a fence. Yeah, I work at Wendy's in Hampstead. I'm one. I'm the assistant manager there, and um, I have customers come through, and especially the ladies, they'll come and they'll specifically say, "I want the spicy chicken sandwich, but I want tomato." and lettuce, and then they'll get up to the window. Did you, they'll look through the sandwich, making sure it was just tomato and lettuce. And then I've said, um, ma'am, I fixed your sandwich. I put tomato and lettuce on there. Pull up, we're on a timer. <sighs> I said, because we are, we're on a timer, and we get bonuses and stuff like that if we keep, we number one, we are number one, two, Hampstead is. <laughs> I, pull, I pull them up, and I said, oh, man, I, and when the guys come through, they, they're like, okay, everything's fine, thank you. And they go head on. But maybe 1% of the men will be like that. And there was one customer, he comes on Saturday, and he says, I want um, hot, what you call those, um, in the morning time, the potatoes. And he said, do I have to wait? I said, no, sir, we got them fresh for you now. 
and pull up. And there was one time he didn't have them ready for him. I said, sir, it's going to be like two minutes. <sighs> I, said, I, I said, you're kidding me, right? You're joking with me, right? You're growling at me? Sir, you either pull up or I will be glad to refund you. I said, I can't believe this man growled at me. <laughs> but, yeah, we have that kind of customer sometimes. And it is a fast food. But I, me personally, I want to give you something I will eat. Thank you. But do I, you I, get I, offended? Do you get offended at these customers? Whenever they don't trust what I give them, I get offended. Because I always I listen. I have my headset on. I listen to what they want. And I give them what they want. If they want extra mayonnaise, I put it on the top and the bottom. But I don't try to, you know, over-lavish it because I know I got a niece that loves extra mayonnaise. And um, th too much mayonnaise is not that good. But do so. y'all see how we opening up a whole conversation dealing with offense and how to handle offense? And Najina, open up the floor. <laughs> But it's healthy to talk about things like this and knowing how to handle it without getting offended. Woe to the one that caused offense to cause somebody else to stumble. Amen. So husbands, quit causing your wives to stumble. And wives, quit causing your husband to stumble. Because since this teaching, my husband would say, Manda, don't make me stumble. I'm like, huh? Okay. We're going to have the deacons to come up. And we're going to go ahead and take up our offering. And we're going to continue next Tuesday with the help of the Lord and see what else comes. Amen. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.com. God bless you and we'll see you next time.